Welcome to Spiritual Awakening Unpacked with Elizabeth Coe from Earth Sparkles. If you're on your spiritual journey, thirsty for knowledge and seeking your tribe, we've got you. Join us as we demystify all things spiritual and provide guidance, tools and support to help you no matter where you are on your journey. Hi, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the Spiritual Awakening Unpacked podcast. I have lots of potentially life-changing information for you today, especially if you are someone that doesn't yet have a strong understanding of energetic boundaries and hygiene practices. I touched on the importance of energetic hygiene in the last episode, and I'm excited to expand on that further for you, give you a couple of exercises, and just generally give you more information on that topic. Today, we also meet with the beautiful Carmen Nemet from Lulani Moon, and we're incredibly privileged to discuss her spiritual awakening experience. And last but not least, I have three listener questions that I'll be answering in the Ask Elizabeth segment. And you may have noticed, I think I keep changing the name of that segment. Sometimes it's Dear Elizabeth, Ask Elizabeth, Ask Your Guides. I, clearly, I don't think I'm completely settled on the name yet. So if you think of a name for that section, feel free to suggest it to me. So we'll have those three questions. That so let's jump straight in and talk about this episode's education topic, which is energetic hygiene. Before we go to the actual hygiene practices, I think it's really important to have some general knowledge about the energy that we're talking about protecting. So Cindy Dale, who's an expert in energy, and if you want to know more in-depth information, highly recommend her work, so look her up. Um, she says that our energetic boundaries border our spiritual selves and promote our true nature. The physical body is surrounded by several layers or sheaths known as the subtle body. The subtle body is called your energy field and it's also known as your aura. So your aura reflects your soul's vibrations. Every living thing, from humans to animals and plants, everything is surrounded by an aura. And an aura is an energy field that surrounds and extends beyond the human physical body and consists of, this is going to sound technical, but it consists of electromagnetic energy in a multi-layered field that affects the body's physiological and metabolic processes. Do you like how slowly I said that? Because if I tried to say it quickly, I would have got myself tongue-tied. So auras are made up of all of the colours of the rainbow and they change colour depending on the emotional state, like thoughts and emotions. So if you hurt yourself, then your aura is going to change colour and like spike in a, in a certain colour. So although auras change colour depending on the emotional state, we do have a colour that we revert to in a natural state or not natural but like neutral. So if you wanted to, there are um, exercises and things that you can do to explore that a little further and it is possible to see or learn how to see your own aura. Um, 
I actually know someone who doesn't see auras, but she can smell them, which I find absolutely fascinating. And apparently mine is a light floral smell, but unfortunately I can't remember which flower it was now and I can't remember who it is that has this gift at the moment, which is really annoying because I'd love to ask them to come on as a guest and talk about it more with everyone. So I will continue to rack my brain um, to, to try and remember who it is that can do this. Um, I remember my first experience seeing auras. It was a lifetime ago when I used to go to church. And while I was sitting in the church, you know, generally you're in a really nice relaxed state and you're listening and you're looking at the person who's speaking out the front. And every time without fail, I would see a thick, bright light outlining the person speaking and, and it glowed. It was like the black outline in a colouring book, except it was a glowing light. And if I unfocused my gaze and kind of, you know, just looked past them, it would get brighter and more pronounced. So that's my first introduction to them. And at the time, I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. And the, the, the wall behind them was a white wall. And there were all windows down both sides. Um, so the, the room was, or well, the church was filled with a natural light. And I thought, oh, it's the, the light doing, you know, playing tricks. But I've actually read just over the last day or two, um, while I was just doing a little bit of fact checking and, and looking at the information that I was going to share with you, um, that that is a way to train yourself to see auras. It's if you're sitting in a natural, you know, a room with natural light, not too dimmed and artificial light's not good. But if you're sitting there uh, in a well-lit room and a white wall behind, generally, well, then is when you can see that first layer or the aura around someone. So who knew? I was training myself to see them and I didn't even know about it. So then follow that up with years later, I read a book called The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. And it's one of those books that, it, you know, those pivotal moments for me. Um, and after I read it, I began to practice seeing the energy of trees. So uh, I didn't realise, I guess, before then that all living things had an aura um, I certainly didn't think that I would be able to see the aura or the energy surrounding a tree. And I didn't see it at first. I had to keep practicing. And then I could see all the energy on, on all the trees. And I think, you know, once it's like it is, it's, it's really amazing. And then the more you do it, the more you see. And, and you can't believe that you didn't see it before. So how did you not see the energy surrounding the trees before? So that's, that's another, I guess, a, an author I'd recommend if you are looking for a, a book to read. I just, yeah, the, the messages in that book, it just, I don't know. You know how sometimes you get those books and they really get you, like they just really capture your attention? That was definitely one for me. So all of the interactions you have with people they have an effect on your energy field and some are positive effects, depositing things like love and goodwill into your energy field, but others result in negative deposits. 
So let's say you have a narcissist in your life and it could be a boss at work or it could be someone you encounter through your friendship circle. Well, interactions with them can bind you together with deposits such as manipulation, control and or resentment. So they leave a mark. Now, psychic ties, psychic ties are built of negative thought forms and emotions and they deplete your energy field. And that's why they should be cut daily. So there may be occasions where you have to cut cords several times a day. For example, an ex who doesn't want to let you go or a codependent relationship. And often it isn't a conscious decision to create a psychic tie or or cord. And most people will not even be aware that they've done it or that they exist. So you will know you have energy cords if you can't detach from a certain group or person no matter how hard you try. So that's how I've known before. I've, you know, cut ties, I've cut all um, all communication, all, you know, there's not in my sphere whatsoever and then you'll start to think of them out of the blue. And you'll feel that pull. And then I think, yep, okay. So there's there's something here again that needs to be cut. So don't confuse, and I can't remember if I said this last in the last episode or not, but don't confuse psychic ties or cords with bonds of love that connect us. So some people um, worry that they could cut cords and release someone that they love. Well, rest assured that that's not how it works. Love bonds can't be cut. They link us to our loved ones here on earth as well as in spirit. Um, They link us to angels and to source or, or God, spirit guides and your higher self. So here's an interesting fact. Cords are also created during a sexual encounter and there is also an exchange of energy so that's something to consider if you're thinking of a casual encounter make sure you cut cords because what could just be a bit of fun one night um it actually there are those energetic strands between you so make sure you cut them you may now be wondering how you know whether you have attachments in your energy field If you haven't been creating energetic boundaries and performing energetic hygiene, it's a pretty safe bet you'll be experiencing at least one of the following. So anxiety, but no real idea of what's causing it. Feeling overwhelmed by other people's emotions and needs. Feeling the need to constantly please others and put their needs before your own. Strong bouts of negativity hitting you out of nowhere. Feeling that you care and look after everyone else but getting nothing in return. Recurring money, relationship and work troubles. Depressing heaviness and physical illness. Loss of energy around certain people and or a sense of emptiness after spending time with them. So do any of those things stand out for you? It could be one of them. It could be several of them. But if you're experiencing those and you know you haven't been performing the energetic hygiene, 
um, it's it's a pretty strong bet that you've got some attachments in your energy field. So don't worry, we are going to go through an exercise um, a little bit later where we will remove them and then I'll walk you through an exercise on how to strengthen and, and protect your energy from it happening again. It's important to have those energetic boundaries in place because you, you, you need to prevent those things from happening. So creating energetic boundaries has three purposes. So number one is to provide protection. So the boundaries will keep out energies that don't support our spiritual essence. Number two is filtering. So letting in energies that do support our spiritual essence, keeping in energy that we need and letting out information or energy that sustains us in the world. And three is magnetising. So they draw what we need to us, things like healing, information, guidance, people, life lessons and more. So it's really easy for healers in particular <laughs> to neglect the daily self-care of their aura that's required. It's a bit like the cobbler that's children, whose children has holes in their shoe. It's like the healers. We always forget to heal ourselves or we know we're, we're busy clearing out everyone else's energy and realigning their chakras and we forget to look at our own. So it is essential to create a practice each day to keep your aura clean and clear. And if your aura is weak, it has a greater susceptibility to lower energies, vam energy vampires, not vampires, but energy vampires and difficult experiences. So that, that's what happens when you don't keep it clean and clear. You, you want to have it nice and strong not weak and susceptible to other energies coming in. Last episode, I shared the daily practice I use, which is incorporating energetic cleanse into my shower time. So this time we're going to take it up a notch and I'll walk you through an exercise to cleanse and release any negative attachments. Make sure you are comfortable wherever you are and without distractions. Okay, you ready? Right, just giving you a moment to get comfortable. Okay, close your eyes and take a deep breath in. Breathe in slowly through your nose all the way to your stomach. Hold for a moment and then release through your mouth. Slow and measured. Take another deep breath in through the nose, filling your chest all the way to your stomach and hold and then release through your mouth and do that again. Take another deep breath in, filling your chest all the way down to your belly, hold and release. Visualize your body and see the energetic field surrounding you. Notice what color it is and how it pulses with life, how it ripples. Scan your body. Look at your front, your side, your back, top 
of your head and the bottoms of your feet. Can you see any hooks or cords attached to you? If you see one, gently loosen, unhook or unattach it in whichever way works best for you and seems right and encase it in a protective bubble of white light. So just imagine that you've pulled it out and you've surrounded it in a bubble of white light and then send it up to source or God to be transmuted to love and light. Ask your guides to please assist you with this, ensuring that all actions are for your highest good. Once you've done that, remove the next one. Remove all hooks or attachments that you see and send them to source to be transmuted to love and light one by one until they are all gone. So if you're doing this exercise now, feel free to pause until you have removed all of the hooks. You might find that the first time you do this, there are more. There will be less next time. And then when you've gotten rid of all of them, then just hit play again and keep going. So now that all of the hooks and the cords have been removed, visualise a cooling salve being applied to wherever the cords or hooks were. It could be blue, it could be green. Whichever colour to you seems to be what you need. Healing, cooling. And apply it wherever the, wherever the cords were. As you apply it, you can see the area heal as though nothing was ever there. So repeat that for all of the spots where a hook or a cord was. And once you have finished applying the salve, thank your team and your guides for assisting you. If you'd like to, you can add in this uh, prayer or verse just to further, I guess, assist with the process. So I'll read it to you. Any and all psychic hooks and cords that have been attached in my energy field are now lovingly removed and healed on all layers and levels, sent to source, God, the universe, to be transmuted to pure love and light. I am now free of all psychic hooks and cords. I am now free of all psychic bonds. The creator of the bond, hooks or ties, is unable to reattach them because they are now in the form of love and light. My energy field is cleared. My energetic boundaries are strong. Thank you, source, God, universe, and so it is. You can perform that ritual or say the prayer as often as you like or feel it's needed. It's in addition to the daily cleansing ritual I recommend every time you shower. 
Um, and you just do it whenever you feel that a little extra is needed. So now that you've cleansed, it is important to protect yourself. Some people like to carry and work with crystals to enhance their protection. There are lots of crystals that you can use for you know protective qualities. Um, so I'm just going to list off a handful of, of the ones that I've used personally. So Tiger's Eye, that was one of the very early ones I bought when I first started working with crystals. Tiger's Eye, Black Obsidian, that's a very powerful stone and it forms to a block to protect from psychic attack and negative energies. So that one's actually a bit of a favourite of mine. As Smoky Quartz, I love Smoky Quartz. Some of you will have seen my beautiful, um, oh, it's like a pillar. It's like a little power, a pillar of smoky quartz. And when you look in it, you can actually see a heart and and sometimes you can see a lady in there as well. Beautiful piece. Black tourmaline and amethyst. So obviously these crystals, they have um, other properties as well, but they do include the protective ones. And pyrite as well, I think, is another good one for protection. There are loads of crystals that um, are protective so if you'd like to add crystals into your toolkit what I'd recommend that you do is ask your guides to help you by drawing to the crystals best suited to your needs and then wander around a crystal shop just trusting that you'll be drawn to the ones you need um, and I bet once you've you've got your one crystal of or your several crystals and it can just be little, you know, the tumble stones. It doesn't have to be big, expensive crystals. They can be the little polished tumble stones. So when you get one or, or ten or however many, however many you end up with home and you look up their meaning, meaning um, I bet that they are exactly right for what you need right now. This is generally what happens to me. I'll go into a crystal shop and I'll just ask, can you please just take me and show me the crystal that... I need at the moment and I won't have anything set in mind and I'll just go and you know wander through and see which one I'm drawn to whether one you know I can't stop looking at it um, or I keep going back to it or maybe one feels warm in my hand or as I you know feel the energy of it with my hand over um, when I get it to the counter or get it home and I look up the meaning then without fail it's always exactly what I needed um, and sometimes it's exactly what I didn't know I needed. So definitely do that. Now, I was on the phone with a girlfriend during the week and somehow we got on to protecting our energy. So we've, we've cleansed and we've removed hooks and, and cords, but then how do we stop them from reattaching, right, or, or from people adding new ones in? So... As I said, on the phone with a girlfriend in the week, and somehow we got onto the conversation about protecting our energy. No idea how, to be honest, but we did. So she didn't know how to to do that. So I walked her through a visualization that I created in the moment, and that's actually what gave me the idea to include these exercises in in this episode. So I'm going to share a version of the exercise that we did. Um, just and that way it's recorded and you can revisit it and listen to it whenever you might need to. Okay, so same as before, need you to get comfortable and relaxed and close your eyes. So take a deep breath in all the way to your belly. Hold it a moment 
and release slowly out of your mouth. Taking another deep breath, inhaling slowly, hold and release slowly. And repeat, breathing in and out. Keeping your eyes closed, imagine a ball of light in front of you, glowing a beautiful, bright, white light. Imagine that ball moving closer. Take a step towards it. And as you move closer to the ball of white light, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's as tall as you and it's as wide as you are and it's come so close that you're toe to toe with it so it's right by your feet step forward into the ball and see how it encases your physical body it's over your head covers your arms your back your legs, it goes underneath your feet. So you have, it's like you've stepped into a big bubble of white, beautiful light. This bubble is impenetrable. If something tries to knock on it, it'll bounce off. If a hook tries to go on it, it'll slide off. It completely protects you and your energetic field over the bubble I want you to put another layer choose a color imagine the color that you need ask your guides what color you need once you've been given a color visualize that color going outside the white light bubble completely surrounding it you can see out, there's no, doesn't, doesn't impair your vision at all. You can hear, it doesn't affect you physically, but it's all around your aura, all around your white bubble. Once you've got that, ask your guides what other colour you need, what else do you need, and surround your second layer with that knowing that it's got all the properties that you need at the moment. You don't have to consciously know what they are, but your team knows and you will know inside. You'll have that inner knowing in your unconscious mind. Now over that, if you have someone that is constantly trying to reattach and get hooks into you we're going to put a layer of mirror so it's a reflective surface the whole way around with the mirrors facing away from you facing out so whenever someone is looking for you all they will see is their own reflection looking back at them so it hides you from their view so put that mirror layer all around you See how it moves with you. 
You don't even know it's there. But when you check back in on it, you can see it. So now what I'd like you to do is scan inside your bubble, scan your bubble. Are there any repairs needed? Is it all smooth? Are there any cracks? This is something that you're going to do periodically throughout the day. You need to check back in whenever you think of it or whenever you remember and check your bubble. Check the inside bubble, check the outside bubble and just look, is there anything there? If there is a crack, just smooth it over and seal it up. Now don't worry if you feel a bit silly doing this, that you're just making stuff up. That's okay. Uh, you just Again, this is a case of you just have to trust. If you're seeing a crack there, just seal it up. And even if it is just making stuff up, you've got nothing to lose, have you? But, but if there's a crack there, just seal it up. So whenever you find something, seal it up. And that will help to keep your energy protected and it will help to prevent anyone from hooking in. Now, if you have done these activities and you're still having trouble and you feel that someone's really got their hooks in, there are other different types of um, attachments that can be made that I haven't covered here. I've just covered a couple of, um, you know, fit like fairly common ones. If you feel that there is more, then I would suggest you go and see an energy healer and, and work with them, let them assist you because sometimes um, we might have had things attached to us or um, just different things happen in our energy field that we need assistance with from someone who is experienced in those those kinds of things. So I don't want to go into all the different types of, of things now because, well, there's really not enough time and it's um, I don't really think appropriate for <laughs> for the, for, the, for this episode, so I'll I'll leave that bit there. Um, but there are other things you can do for protection as well. You know, um, essential oils uh, are lovely, and there are different essential oils that you can use. But I I think the the most important and the most valuable things that you can do is to set your intention. So we spoke about that last week too in the fundamental must-know episode. It's about setting your intention. Intention is key. It's everything. So you set your intention and ask your guides to please assist you, ask your team to help you. So even if you miss a step or, you, you know, you think you've gotten it wrong, ask your guides to please help you and set your intention and they'll make sure that it, that it works. So set your intention, cleanse daily, utilise crystals if you want to and protect daily and check in and most of all, trust yourself. If you think you see a crack, as I said before, fix it. Trust yourself. Trust what your inner knowing is showing and telling you. Now, of course, we've just spoken about the personal protection and, and cleansing, but you can also cleanse and protect workspaces, your home, um, your car. So energy clearing can be done 
on so many, I guess, in so many ways. I'm um, I'm a big space clearer, so I will know that mm, my home needs an, an energy clearing, and because it, it will feel, you know, stagnant or stuck, and so I'll do an energy clearing. There, I've gone to businesses and done energy clearings for people there, like a space clearing and, you know, a whole other topic, but help to move on, I guess, entities that are attached there and help them to leave leave the space. Uh, I don't recommend that you jump on in and, and try that stuff on your own uh, without sort of assistance or guidance. So if, if you do have those kinds of situations, again, look for, for someone that can assist or guide you on that. Um, so if, if space clearing is something that you're interested in knowing more about, let me know because I'm happy to do a, a topic on that as well. If you have any questions about this topic, please shoot them through to me and I'll answer them in the next episode or on, you know, on social media or my website or, you know, however. I'm happy to answer questions. Uh, you know, it, is, it isn't a masterclass. This is just, a, a, I guess, an introduction to energetic hygiene and wanting you to understand the importance of it. So I hope that I've achieved that today. I hope that you have learned something and that you are going to be able to incorporate it into your, you know, daily life. Thank you so much for joining me um, for this segment and I look forward to you sticking around and listening to, to my conversation with Carmen from Lulani Moon about her spiritual awakening experience. Thank you. Well, today I am privileged to have the beautiful Carmen Nemet from Lulani Moon with me to speak about her personal experiences with spiritual awakening. Carmen is an incense crafter, a beauty therapist, animist, Reiki practitioner, and crafts the most beautiful incense using flower essences and other natural products and uses that in her smoke medicine work. I've used some myself and it is just a a beautiful product. So welcome, Carmen, to the the show. (laughs) Thank you, Liz. Thanks for having me and thank you for inviting me. It's a, it's a real honour to be here. Thank you. I am very excited to have you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have known Carmen for many, many, many years, um, mm. way back at the beginning of I think when I was first starting to wake up spiritually because Carmen used to be my beauty therapist uh, much to my chagrin, she is not anymore because she lives in a different state to me. 
<laughs> so so I feel like we I mean, we've had many conversations over the years on all sorts of of topics. So I think it's perfect to have you mm. on as my second guest in in this you know podcast series. Mm. Yeah, we've we've had many of beautiful um, conversations, and I think I even came to see you. I think when you were practicing this at the NLP. Oh, I, you're you're right. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, that that was a that was a <laughs> lifetime ago. That's, that's definitely oh, I don't know, probably ten to fifteen years ago yeah. now. Yeah. Actually, maybe fifteen. So yeah, it's a long time. Wow. Mm. So before I guess we kick off into the the nitty gritty of the questions, is there anything I've missed out on the intro that would be, um, or that you'd like people to know? I think, look, I think you covered it really beautifully and um, I'm sure as time goes on in this um, little little chat that we're having, I'm sure more will unfold as to, you know, what I do and, and you know, each of those offerings will deepen. So, no, I think, I think you've covered it perfectly. Excellent. All right, mm. thank you. <laughs> so the number one question I, I have for you is was there a, pivotal moment or experience where everything changed for you mm, yes I've um yeah feeling into this question um and you know what, what I'm finding really interesting is is you know reflecting on pivotal moments in the spiritual journey it, it can almost it's almost like when all these years and experiences go by you almost forget about you know th those experiences that were the turning point or the initiation point and so when i'm feeling into that um i guess that the the biggest um initiation or pivotal moment um was probably when i was about 24 years old and i remember i was in a long-term relationship at the time and you know i was very curious about about my spiritual path you know uh things like crystals were were, were piquing my attention um you know plants the animals and right across the road where i lived with my then partner um a crystal shop just popped up and opened up so i used to spend a lot of time over there chatting with the with the owner of the shop and she kind of um helped me along my path in lots of ways um, but I, I think the, the biggest turning point for me was around that time I went to a friend's wedding and I actually, uh, I guess, was reintroduced to somebody um, that, that was around my parents' age and, you know, although I knew him, I didn't know him well, my parents knew him well, but I didn't really know him that well because we were part of different friendship circles. Anyway at this wedding um we got chatting and it's almost like he could see something within me and we ended up chatting about all kinds of things spiritual now he ended up being a really important person on my spiritual path and um at the time there was a really gorgeous little bookshop in uh melbourne street in adelaide i'm not sure if you remember um quantum the bookshop oh yes i do yeah yeah, yeah. So, gorgeous little shop Anyway, he, it was the first time I'd been there, but he, um, you know, told me about this place and he said, look, go into this place, there, there's going to be a book waiting for you. So anyway, I went into this place and actually there were two books waiting for me. So one was, um, was a book called Brita um, and there was another book called The Four Agreements, which you might know. 
Oh, I love and that. Isn't it a beautiful book? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, I I got to choose, you know, one of those books. So I ended up choosing The Four Agreements. And that particular book really opened something for me. And um, I guess from from now, so that was about 20, well, I was about 24 at that time, and now I'm, I am 40. And still that book for me is one of those books that I go back to and I reread it. And if anybody's ever starting on their spiritual journey, it's a book that I always recommend. Um, and so after reading that book, then I ended up going deeper onto the spiritual path and I ended up spending quite a lot of time out in the Flinders Ranges. And, you know, where where um, this particular um, friend and his partner really took me under their wing and, you know, they taught me a lot about nature connection, um, you know, learning to be very present, um, you know, with the natural world. And, yeah, so from there everything changed to the point where, um, you know, I ended up leaving that relationship and after I left that relationship, there, you know, there were more events that just unfolded for me. Not always comfortable mm-hmm. and certainly very challenging, but um, that was probably the turning point for me. Mm. I actually, and I remember that too. Yeah. I remember when you met that person. Yes. Um, and you started spending time at the Flinders Ranges. Yeah. So it's, it's, I can't believe that it was so long ago when you were so young. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what an opportunity. I look back now and, and I'm just so grateful for that time. Yeah. But I think it's also too, it was it was having the, the, the courage to go there. It was having the courage to drive four hours on my own while I'm driving in tears, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, mm. you know, but I just had to follow that thread. That's and, huge. That's really brave. Mm, yeah. To, to drive four hours on your own following a thread. Mm, mm. Not, not, like that is a, it's a really big thing. Oh, it was huge. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> mm, wow. Yeah. And and so did you, I don't know if this may not apply, but did you have an inkling that something was coming? Mm. Or did it did it all just happen organically from this meeting with with the man at the wedding and and you didn't really have any signs beforehand because I I think from a lot of conversations that I've had with lots of other people Mm -hmm. um, over the years 24 is quite young to have Mm -hmm. a spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. that is actually Mm -hmm. quite young Mm -hmm. a lot of people they might start to have a bit of an inkling then or things start to happen and then they tend to shut down and they get caught up in in the mechanics of life and and being an adult and mm-hmm. learning how to you know have you know doing adulting and and then it's when they get to around the age you are now it's it's around the 40s that they start to feel a little uncomfortable in their skin and realize mm-hmm. that um you know something is changing or needs to change so Mm -hmm. so your experience may be different because you you recognized it and grabbed it and you just didn't let go yes and you know to to answer that question I don't I don't really remember there being an inkling that that something was you know was about to change I just just dove in But, Mm. but really if I you know sitting where I am today looking back on all the experiences I've had, even as a little girl, it all makes sense. 
you know mm-hmm. and so at that particular time at say you know 24 years old uh for example my my interactions with birds um they were very prominent for me and so you know i have a particular memory when i was about eight years old you know growing up in country south australia um i had this moment where i was in the horse paddock and and everything around me was really still and i remember distinctly there was a raven that was calling up really high and i stood there an eight-year-old me and i just looked up at this raven and i felt like it was talking to me Mm. that moment i'll never forget so it was almost like that kind of i don't know solidified or cemented something in me at that age even though i didn't recognize it so you know, jumping for then jumping ahead, you know, when I'm in my 20s, you know, any time that, that I had these these situations pop up for me, it was just like I trusted it. So, yeah, I don't know if there was actually an inkling there that things were drastically going to change, you know. Mm. That, that's really deep for mm. an, an eight-year-old mm. to, I mean, it's not unusual, I think, for mm. an eight-year-old to imagine that an animal is speaking to them, mm. or that, or a, you know, that there's a connection. Yes. What is unusual is that it has remained such a strong memory that now, all these years later, thirty-two years later, mm. you look back and and see that and recognize it for that, you know, important life you know moment or experience mm, which mm. which tells me it, it wasn't just a a fleeting random encounter with a raven it actually was that kind of that connection it, it really did have the meaning that you assigned to it yes yeah yeah i guess that's you know that's a one way of of looking at it and you know like you you've just mentioned before i mean children uh, I think it's not unusual for children to have these experiences, but um, I mean, you know, some people may have these experiences as children and, and it doesn't leave them, you know, mm. it's almost like uh, part of their medicine or, or something like that. And um, yeah, I guess for me now, uh, ravens in particular, you know, if I do hear them, that to me signals some kind of attention, you know, I need to be paying some kind of attention. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I I love that. I love that story. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty cool story. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is very cool. (laughs) Have you or do over the years, are there other sort of signs or messages that you've received that that will sort of tell you, you know, Carmen, get back on your path or, you know, the raven tells you to to pay attention? Have you had any other kinds of signs or messages and and the intent behind this question is is really to give an example to people listening Mm. the the different types of of ways that our guides you know can can try and communicate with us because Mm. you know something you say may resonate with someone else who thinks, oh, that that actually happened to me. Maybe I shouldn't discount it as a coincidence or, you know, maybe I should listen to to this. So I I wonder if there's anything like that that you could share. Yeah, look, I think for, for each individual person, I mean, we're all connected. You know, we're all connected to spirit. We're all connected to nature. 
And we all have the ability to really listen to our intuition and be guided. Um, so I think, you know, definitely learning the difference between, you know, am I making this up or, you know, is this my intuition or is this spirit? I mean, that can be obviously quite, quite big, confusing mm. and hard to kind of distinguish between between the three. But I, I think that if there's something that, um, say for me, I have a personal interest in birds and nature. So, so when I, I, I look to those things for signs, just mm. like somebody else might have, you know, an interest in, um, let's just say they might might look at stones or they might be uh, connected to, to angelic realms. So, you know, feathers might be a big symbol for them, um, you know, or the wind. So I think that, you know, really learning to, you know, you know ask the questions. And if there's something that you need guidance with, it's it's asking those questions. And sometimes, you know, you might just sit and come into your body, come into your breath, you know, and, and just really feel your body. And I think from this place, you get a lot more guidance, you know, and the path, the path becomes clearer and opens up for you when we bring that experience, um, you know, into the body. Um, does that make sense, Liz? Yeah, it, it does. So so what I have mm. going around my head listening mm. to you there is be present. Yes. So it's it's about being present and recognising what's around you and mm. then, as you said, bring it in. So mm. almost not meditate on it but just sit with it and mm. then see how that that feels for you uh, and i'm going to put this back to the raven experience that you knew you just knew that that meant something for you mm. so if something has happened and it's really sticking with you mm. i think it's about bringing that in mm. and sitting with it and being present and and seeing within yourself if it has meaning for you because for me seeing a raven might not mean anything yes yes but for you it, it's a big symbol yes or you know a white feather you know it might not mean anything for me but it might mm -hmm. be for someone else mm -hmm. although that said the other day i was sitting i don't see feathers all that often um but oh gosh now and now i can't remember what i was actually thinking about <laughs> but, but I think it was about, um, I think it was about being on the right path and, mm -hmm. you know, and the stuff with the my plans with earth sparkles and that sort of stuff. Mm. And, and I looked out the window because at the moment I don't have any um, window coverings on the front windows. I'm still waiting for them to arrive. And the garden is non-existent because we've just built a house. So the, the garden isn't done yet. But I looked out the window and there's a eucalyptus tree sort of by the road mm. and out of the middle of nowhere, floating in the middle of my garden was a big, um, well, not huge, but just like a normal size white feather. Mm. It just floated, floated, floated and swirled around and floated just as I looked out the window in the middle of the garden with sort of, you know, nothing else around mm -hmm. and I took that as a sign mm -hmm. and then of course I looked up I know what a white feather means but I looked up exactly because I wanted to just confirm is mm -hmm. this what I think you know it is so 
on mm. that always looks for confirmation. So while I think, oh, a white feather means this, you know, white feather means this, mm. I will still maybe look it up to see is there something else in there for me that I'm not aware of. Yes. So I, I think, well, yeah, it's about being present and knowing that, you know, I might see a white feather on the ground at another time and it means nothing to me. But mm. in that moment, yes. and in the way it presented to me, I knew it meant something. Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, going back to the raven again, you know, other, other days I might see ravens around and, and it might just, just be a raven flying in the sky. Mm. But like you're saying, if there's something happening, you know, around me or if I need guidance with something and, and it shows up at that critical time, then I know to pay attention. And just yeah. on that too, you know, what, what's something that I've really learned you know, over the years, I remember attending, I think it was, I was attending like a dream, uh, a dream interpretation workshop. And that was absolutely fascinating. And, you know, it was going in into the, I guess, to the deep aspects of the dreaming realms. And something that the, the teacher explained to me, she said to me, now, you know, if you dream of a rose, you know, we can all dream of a rose, but it doesn't mean that that rose has the same message or the same meaning. Mm. you need to look at what's happening in your dreams what what is happening for each of you in your dreaming um you know will will tell you what you need to see or what you need to know so going back to you in the white feather you know it could be that the whole landscape around what what's you know what's happening and you know that okay the eucalyptus tree was symbolic you know and the fact that maybe there's there's you know you haven't planted a garden yet and that white feather falling there and you know so that starts to tell you a bit of a, a bit of a narrative and a story so you know for each of us the story will be slightly different mm. given, you know given what we need at the time so i always found that you know found that a really interesting workshop so now when when things appear to me i go okay well how am i feeling in my body what's happening around me you know what's the situation you know what else can i see that's symbolic here and then what I do is I sit with that and I ask the question and then, you know, the, the answer will appear. So I find that, you know, quite a good technique as well. You know, that's, that's fascinating. And, and this is where it come, we were saying earlier about, you know, be wary of the people that think they know everything. <laughs> Those are the people you need to run a mile from. So I'm, I am certainly not that person. I'm always learning. I don't think we ever... Um, learn and, and know everything we never no. stop learning no. and for me that conversation has been an eye-opener because I looked at the feather and I thought about the feather and what that alone symbolized mm. in context with what I had been thinking about yes what I didn't consider was the the other you know surrounding landscape I didn't consider that there was a um, a eucalyptus tree there I didn't consider that the front garden is still you know a bit of a building site um, I didn't consider any of those things just mm. the feather mm. you know likewise for me you know I hear kookaburras where I am mm. and I heard two kookaburras the other day and I don't, I don't hear them often, but I've, you know, I've heard them a couple of times over the last couple of months, and I take note of that. Mm -hmm. But again, I take note of that um, in, you know, what, what's the word? Um, you know, on, on its own. 
Mm. I don't take into account the the surroundings. Mm. So that's something that I'm going to start bringing in yeah. and to start consider. Like, and it may not always be anything extra to consider but I think it's a really worthwhile point so thank you for for sharing that oh you're welcome and and look at you know by all means it's not saying that that you know this is right and this is wrong and and you know there will be times where I think at the end of the day you you know you and we know our bodies better than anybody else you Mm -hmm. know and when we learn to really come into our body to make some, you know, to bring things into the practical senses, you know, we can better hear our own inner guidance, mm. you know, better hear, you know, if we have, you know, developed relationships with our spirit guides and things like that, then we can better hear the voices of them, mm. um, you know. But but I think that, um, yeah, it's kind of fun to look at it from that perspective too, to go, okay, well, hang on, what else, what else is happening, you know? Yeah, so- it paints the picture, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And then sometimes you, you might hear those kookaburras and you go, okay, yeah, I'm going to tune into this. I'm going to listen to their song and let it, I'm just going to let their sound wash over me. Just like mm. I'd be sitting alongside a river and I can hear the water or I'm by the ocean, you know, I'm he- letting that, that kookaburra song wash over me. How am I feeling? You know, mm. what is my body telling me? And you, your body, you know, it's like your your body body doesn't lie to you. You know, it shows you what you need to see. Yeah, we just have to be open to hearing. Yeah, it. yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. that's what, that's how I feel anyway. No, <laughs> mm. oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I guess that that was something I'm perhaps should have asked at the beginning. But mm. but one thing um, I find interesting is what spiritual awakening looks like for you and and for individuals because I have I guess an idea in my mind of the definition of a spiritual awakening but I realized in the week that it may not be the same for everyone Mm. so I've decided that I'd like to bring that question in when we're doing these interviews and actually ask for your definition of a spiritual awakening like what does that mean or look like for you Mm. well i don't know you know just feeling into my body uh, you know i guess the thing is with me too that i just want to point out is that i'm not always that great with words you know putting words you know to to you know uh to feeling or you know for me it is about more about feeling and, and what things might look like internally and how that plays out externally. So I think for me, instead of having a definition there, the, what it feels like mm. and what it might look like, it's, it's messy. Mm. You know, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, That's oh, very wow. true. It's messy. <laughs> you know and it, and it can be hard and and you know and it can go and it I'm not saying it does but it can go on for months it can go on for years mm. and and you know it's it's I guess when you are uncomfortable you're at your growing edge you know so when you're feeling uncomfortable about something it means that there is something changing and shifting around you Mm. And, and obviously, you know, there's a whole myriad of things around that, to whether it's positive or, you know, negative. But, um, yeah, for me, spiritual awakening can be, you know, really, really messy. But at the same time, it can be liberating and beautiful and, um, you know, all of those those great feelings. Yeah. And, and what do you think it results in? Like, so how does life change 
after, you know, a spiritual mm. awakening? So, you know, I'm just speaking from my personal experience, but ultimately, ultimately it leads you to the path of heart. You know, that was a term that I read in, a, I think it was a Carlos Castaneda book, um, mm. which is, you know, they're, they're really interesting reads if anybody likes a good reading challenge. But, you know, he often talks about this path of heart. And that's that's really for me what that kind of um, interprets is is you know being true to yourself, and and sometimes to walk that path of heart or that path of truth, you know, you're going to have many challenges along the way because it, it changes who you are as a person, you know, because we've mostly been shaped by society, by our experience of experiences of others around us, of family upbringings um you know so everything else around us does does kind of shift and that could look like you know maybe losing friendships or relationships falling apart but then new ones are forming all the time um you know you might end up you know feeling confused and a little bit lost as to which direction you know you want to want to go in terms of um you know work mm. um so there's a lot of practical things to it too i think mm. do you um, think that bit is because we're at war with following our heart and mm. knowing that we what we need to survive in a material world do you yeah. think that's part of the conflict yeah i think that's probably mm. part of it yeah that's that's mm. a tip of it um you know and obviously we have to be practical i mean you know whenever i think the, the most important thing to remember when we you know embarking on our spiritual path is we we are obviously you know human beings having this experience so we are in this material world so we have to make sure that you know obviously we're safe mm. you know we you know we're supported um and obviously we we're financially um able to explore you know other things mm. um you know otherwise if we don't have those fundamental things and then, then you know there's no safety in that i guess you know, for a lot of us. Yeah, agree. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the that's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. if, if we're not safe, mm -hmm. um, physically safe, mm -hmm. we can't follow the the, the spiritual stuff, the self actualization stuff. Exactly. Our physical exactly. bodies need to be safe. That's right. First. That's yeah. exactly right. And I think from just talking, you know, uh, I guess touching back on the the. Think, feeling confused about work or wanting to change uh, jobs or, you know, walking that path of alignment and path apart, sometimes there might be a period of time where you're, you know, you're, you're slowly cutting down, you know, hours here at that practical kind of day job and then you might be weaving in a bit of your interests on the other side. So, you know, things take time. Mm. And I think, you know, this this whole awakening thing, it, it's always happening for us. Mm. You know, the opportunity is always there and, it, and I, it doesn't end. I don't think it ever ends. I don't think it ends. So, no, we, we're constantly changing and we're shifting and that's why I love looking to nature as my teacher mm. because, you know, through an animus perspective, every living thing has a spirit. You know, it's alive and living and, and, you know, having its own rhythms and cycles. And I think with nature, you know, if we use nature as a metaphor or, or we see ourselves in the natural world, you know, we're just mirroring nature all the time. You know, mm. we're constantly changing and growing and dying and rebirthing. So that's happening all the time. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here immediately going, Oh, what cycle am I in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I start, start trying to apply it. 
Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. I mean, there's some other other women who do some incredible work around, um, you know, tuning into the cycles and rhythms of nature. And, um, you know, Jane Hardwick Collins is one that does a lot of work around, um, you know, looking looking to nature and and I guess using nature to help us go through any of the seasons that we're that we're moving through mm. and obviously there's various traditions like native american culture with the medicine wheel and traveling the directions and things like that so and even even the the druids so there's there's a whole lot of of wonderful people out there doing great work to support us you know mm. in finding our own seasons and and you know what we're working through I'm going to make a note of a couple of those names. I've got yeah. some. I've got some research to do. <laughs> That's the problem. I have so many books and and things that I want to read and and get into, um, but I always am hungry for more. Like I just oh. want to learn and I just find all the things around yeah. this topic fascinating so it's amazing isn't it and I'm, I'm a bit the same I must admit I've got probably about four books that I've got on the go at the moment but I only yeah. ever read sections I'm like oh let me have a look at what this one's doing <laughs> today and I'll have a look at this one so. yeah. I'll, just, I'll just read this chapter and and I have this I have this theory I heard it once um and I've just grabbed onto it that you don't. It doesn't matter if you don't read it. You're going to absorb the energy from the book yeah, if, it's, yeah. <laughs> if it's around you. Exactly. You're so just I, to sleep. Yeah, I'm totally embracing that, and I'm just absorbing the energy from these amazing books that I've got, <laughs> and um, and then it's okay that I just pick them up and put them down as I go. But I think you know, from a from a selfish perspective, that's another reason that I was so keen to do this podcast because I think as I'm sharing information, I'm also going to be learning mm. and especially with, you know, if I do, well, not if, I, I do do the, the education topic as part of the segment as well and then while I'm sharing knowledge I already have, there's also going a bit deeper mm. and I will, you know, get to topics that, perhaps I haven't had as much exposure on and then I can, you know, educate myself to be able to, to distill and share that information with everyone else. Mm. Mm, so, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm sitting here quietly just I think I'm blushing as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think for me sitting here, you know, just listening to you and, and you know, there's a learning in that for me as well. And um, it's a really beautiful thing to come here, you know, with hearts open, listening to each other, having a chat. And, yeah, there's always opportunity for learning. You know, we're always kind of doing that dance of student, teacher, student, teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, the roles reverse. You're right. The roles yeah. reverse. Who, exactly. who we may be learning from mm -hmm. will at some point be learning from us yes and it yes. will swap again and you're yes. right it's a beautiful way of describing it is that it's a dance mm -hmm. it, it is a dance and even when you're working with clients that generally while you're helping you know to facilitate their healing or you're sharing information that comes through for them or you're creating your smoke medicine for them, or you know whatever you know we all do to assist our clients with their healing. 
it, we're receiving from them as well. Exactly. Exactly. And often we're yeah, often we're presented with scenarios or um, you know, experiences that we have lived or are living or we need to address mm-hmm. an aspect for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's there's always this, you know. I don't know if duality is the right word. I feel like duality is is negative and positive, isn't it? Is that duality? Well, yeah, well, yeah I, I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, you've got to, you've got to have those opposing kind of mm. um, forces. Yeah, um, so I keep getting that word duality, but I'm like, I don't yeah. know. My guides, it's like my guides are saying duality, but I'm like, I don't know that that's the word I want to use, but that's the word they're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it's a learning in mirroring, you know. Mm it's it's that it's i guess it's that equilibrium equilibrium of life mm. without yeah. without it it's 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 you know if you've got one person holding the power then everything becomes unbalanced yeah and, yes. and it's it's like in in you know tribal ways you know all over the world you know that circle represents equalness mm. it's like i see you you know we, we're equal you know we're learning from each other you know there's not that that kind of hierarchy in learning um, and oh, sorry, that's that's just fired me up. In how we were talking before about things that can fire us up. Yes, and, <laughs> that, and that's that's one of them um, that I think it's really important for everyone to know. No one is better or mm. more important than anyone mm. else. Mm. So if any, you know healer and I'm, I'm I wish you could see the quotation marks I'm doing in the air I can see them yeah <laughs> tries to say to you that they are better than you and they can heal you mm. you know run because exactly. they 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 are operating from ego mm-hmm. and not from their heart they're not mm-hmm. operating from a heart space mm. a heart based healer knows that they're just they have the privilege of working with you to help you facilitate your healing. Mm. There's nothing special about the healer with this amazing healing powers. It's no. it's that's not it, that's not what it's about. Mm. No, exactly. And I, and I think too it's something that I often say to my clients is that you know when when they come to me, you know, I I guess reaffirm that I, I can't give them anything. You know, at the end of the day, they have all that they need mm-hmm. inside of them. And all I'm doing is providing a space for them to rest, to mm. better hear their own kind of song, to hear their own inner voice. So I'm just providing a safe space for them to come back home to themselves. But, and yeah. usually from that space, then then you're able to process, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. able to really rest and, and, you know, and be nourished and to be held. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the time with, you know, what I'm seeing, look, the New Age movement is great for lots of things. It's, you know, obviously taught me a lot, but unfortunately there's, you know, there's a lot of ego there too. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, love to be adored and, and to be, you know, having positions of power. Mm. At the end of the day, all it's doing is pulling power from others and, mm. and it's, it's not coming from a space of grace and, and you know, love and really wanting to take care of somebody. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a big problem with it too. So definitely discernment mm. um, I, I think is a big one along this path and, you know, sometimes 
when you're first learning and you're in your first growing on your spiritual path, I mean, you can be quite desperate too, mm. you know, especially if it's a bit of a crisis that you're going through. So, of course, you're just looking to anybody for guidance. And, yeah. You know, and I guess it's part of our path to, you know, to go to these people, you know, especially if we don't have anyone from the outside guiding us in a way that's from a, a place of care. Mm. Um, you know, and sometimes it's just the way it goes. You know, we have to encounter these people. I mean, I'm sure you have, you know, Liz, over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Healers and you're going, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, not at, the, not at that time, but in hindsight, you might go, oh, that was actually really wrong. Yeah. You know, that wasn't right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's with experience you you learn to trust. And you're mm-hmm. right. When, yeah. when you are suffering a crisis or you're in crisis, you, mm-hmm. you can tend to grab onto any life ring, life mm-hmm. boy that's thrown to you because you're looking for answers and you're mm-hmm. you're looking for help and so you are vulnerable and mm-hmm. so anyone working in a healing space in whatever modality or format you know that may be mm-hmm. need to remember that they are in a very privileged space privileged position to be able to assist someone and help them unlock Mm -hmm. you know within themselves Mm -hmm. Um, and just touching back on your comment where you know you know people some people love to be loved uh, that in itself I I don't think is in a different context isn't Mm -hmm. bad because Everyone does. I mean, it's human nature to yeah. want to be loved. No one, I mean, I don't want everyone to dislike me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do want the, the interactions I have with people to be positive and 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 loving and, you know, uh, loving interactions. Yeah. But I think, and just to clarify, I think probably what you were referring to was the people that, put themselves on a pedestal because they're looking for love and adoration and worship yes. to feed their ego. Exactly. So I just want to clarify that just to make sure it's clear for anyone mm-hmm. um, anyone listening. Mm, no, that's beautifully put, Liz. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> See, you are good with words. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, no, but you're better. You're better, Liz. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, that's, that's really, really, um, yeah, very important. Um, yeah, it's very important to point out, point out. So thank you for that. Oh, no, no, thank yeah. you for sharing. <laughs> All right, I've got a couple more questions. Um, I would like to know... Well, it's two questions, but I guess it could be rolled into one. So I'll, I'll tell you what they both are mm-hmm. and then you can decide whether you want to separate them out or mm-hmm. not. So one is what are the top three things that someone should know or do? And then the second question is, what advice would you give to someone at the start of their spiritual awakening experience mm. well I, th- I think it'll probably merge into together for this mm. one I feel. yeah It'll just flow into each other so once again i'm just speaking from personal experience mm-hmm. and um you know 
in I guess everything that I'm saying now is in hindsight, you know, because at the time, depending on on the situation and what you're going through, um, it might look different as to what you do. But but just kind of sitting where I am now, to anybody that that is going through um, some kind of shift or spiritual awakening. Um, or even crisis to that point, um, you know, or, or in, a, in a kind of turmoil, is to come back to your breath, you know. I think that's a really important thing to do because often we, we overlook the, the importance and the power of the breath. And now, you know, a lot of the time, I mean, most of us are quite shallow breathers, you know. Mm-hmm. We only get that full expansion of oxygen through to the belly, through to the organs and, and you know, move it around the body. So... I think if you're finding yourself in a situation where, um, you know, often with I think a spiritual awakening comes confusion, mm-hmm. you know, as to which path to choose or who to see. Oh, true, yeah. That's it, yeah. You know, it might be like, okay, now I've got all these healers in front of me. They all offer something different. Mm-hmm. I'm really confused, you know, but what am I going to do? Okay, I know what I can do. I can come back to my breath mm. and I'm going to ask the question internally. So you sit there. And you come into your breath and you just allow your breath to move through the body and you quiet the mind and you ask a question and then you might open your eyes and you go, okay, now I know, you know, which one I want to go go to. Um, and I think that's just, just a very broad, broad thing, but definitely coming into the breath, that's going to be one of your greatest allies all through life, you know, whatever, whatever the situation. So I feel like that's a really important, um, important aspect to consider. Mm, that's good um, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also um, nature connection. That's, you know, a really often that can be overlooked as well because it's too easy, mm. you know. Often, often when we are moving through some kind of spiritual shift or awakening, we, we can quite often look to external forces, but something might, might be more cosmic. You know, we're looking to, you know, cosmic forces to, to, you know, guide us in the right path. But often if we just have a little bit of time to sit in nature and just be, once again, coming back to the breath and you're just being the witness, you're just sitting there. So, for example, you might seek out a tree and you might just sit there and you might sit against the tree or you might just be looking at the tree and you're watching the way the tree moves in the wind you're looking at which birds are around, you know, what the wind is doing, and you're just breathing. Mm. And then in that moment too, that has the ability to really anchor you in your body because it's from that place that you you have more clarity and you're able to hear, you know, your, your own body as well. You know, instead of listening to the mind, you, it's bringing you right into the body. Um, that's, yeah, that's important actually, isn't it? It's about getting out of your yeah. mind, like turn that off yes, and, and listen within. Don't exactly. listen to the incessant chatter exactly. uh, yeah, that's going on in your, in your head. Yes, yes, that's right. You know, you're, you're tuning into your, you know, your, your inner temple, you know, mm. that's, you've got everything you need in there. And, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm a strong advocate for, you know, being with nature because, you know, we, we're part of it mm. and everything is there telling us, it's showing us, mm. you know. So I feel like that's a really important thing, um, you know, for me personally and, and something that I encourage my clients to do as well, you know, mm. if they're, ever they're going through something, it's like, right, get your, get your shoes off, get your bare feet on the earth, 
pick up that piece of rosemary and smell it let you know let your senses guide you back you know and and you know you can ask those questions you know what do i do now and you know come back to your senses i use that all the time as well i have to be mm. honest i'm mm. the grounding Ooh. so i need to i need to get out in nature i need to be outside yeah. and and in particular as you said if you're going through something but mm -hmm. shoes off feet on the ground yeah. and walking on the grass or mm -hmm. on the beach with my mm -hmm. feet in the water so you know if i've whenever i've been going through big you know that the you know the crisis or the mm -hmm. traumatic type life-changing things that we can experience guarantee you i'll be at the beach with my feet in the water yes. just breathing and, yes. and and reminding myself to breathe deeply mm. you know and fill it up down to my belly mm. you know the, the, because you're right we we tend to do the shallow breathing mm. and the deep breathing actually can change it has a physiological you know effect yes. exactly. on your body mm. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah that's beautiful and that's why we're so drawn to you know to nature it's like okay we've been really busy and and okay i want to go to the beach or the river or wherever it is and you know people go oh i'm here it's like mm -hmm. the body has this opportunity to just it's like it innately knows yeah and so that's why we feel so good because yeah it, it, it you know obviously scientifically as well it, it, there's yeah it, it can actually be really good for our mental health too mm. so yeah and then i think i think moving on to the third thing mm -hmm. um i think it's about asking a lot of questions you know so when we're going through these these spiritual awakenings um i think it's having the courage or the bravery to get curious mm. you know, and and ask the questions and and go to workshops and and you know chat to somebody or join a little you know online platform you know for the things that we're interested and it doesn't mean that we have to stick to those things just test the waters mm. like trying different chocolates you know work out you know, <laughs> yes. you, what what feels better for you yeah you know i mean i know i love milk chocolate with caramel i mean i know it's not always good for me but occasionally, yeah i mean it feels good so right, i know that that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i think i think you know having having the, the courage and the bravery to get curious about showing up um because i certainly understand um i've been in lots of situations where um i go to things on my own and I think that's incredibly frightening. That's really scary. I feel incredibly vulnerable to go to that women's circle. Mm. You know, I don't, and then obviously that, you know, all the thoughts go around and, you know, I don't know if I fit in, what are people going to think of me and all these kinds of things mm. that you might, might grapple with. But if you just, you know, put your foot in that door and go, you, you're not going to know. Mm. You know. And from that place, you can make a better decision. You know, you can mm. go, yep that felt really good or no it didn't feel good or yep it, it, it felt good but I'm not quite ready yet and and then then you know mm. yeah I, I think that's really key as well because a friend may say to you oh well I've tried you know this modality yeah. and it didn't work it wasn't yeah. any good but I love this other particular thing exactly but, but for you it may be completely different that's right. What they loved might not fit for you, 
exactly uh, and maybe a completely different modality again so mm -hmm. i think it is really important to follow the energy yeah if, if you yeah. if something comes across your path and it catches your interest try it yeah. if you don't like it don't do it again mm -hmm. but you may love it mm -hmm. exactly and, yeah and you and i think you're going to get something from each of those experiences anyway exactly well well that that's right and that that's the beauty of it mm. beauty of being curious and and having we've got a smorgasbord of of people offering workshops books um you know different cultures writing uh you know all, all about their you know practices or you know ancient ancient mystery schools there's just so much out there mm. so you know i know myself i've got books on pretty much most topics mm -hmm. and you know and i can go oh i like that bit or that's a bit complex for me i don't quite understand that yet but mm. i think i'll get to that later so yeah. yeah you know it's great to kind of pick and choose what what you know resonates with you and mm. i think just touching on that too uh you know because i am working a lot of the time with plant medicines you know with with flower essences and and incense i think if if people feel something that i feel is really important on the spiritual journey is to reconnect in with your ancestral lineage mm. and you know for everybody obviously that that's not maybe comfortable or safe or maybe people don't know the history and that's completely okay mm -hmm. um you know there'll be a time and a place you know or or maybe not but you know i think if you feel comfortable enough to go there it's it's looking at instead of us adopting other cultural practices because then you've got you know obviously cultural appropriation and all that kind of thing which is a whole other topic mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> but, you know it's it's like you know when we tune into our own um ancestral lineage and cultural practices um if we can find those things out often they're very kind of centered around nature and and there's beautiful um you know practices linked in with a lot of you know various cultures around the world so i think that's a really you know good thing to do as well as get curious about that too mm. Mm. Mm, you've given me some food for thought now <laughs> <laughs> again now i'm off running down that direction in my mind thinking oh like, oh, what, what cultural what lineage do I have that yeah, yeah. And then, and that I could explore? Obviously, we want to feel safe about that. And I know I know it can be very triggering for some people. And by all means, I'm only suggesting that if you feel comfortable to do that in mm -hmm. your curious. And oh. it may not speak to you at all. But mm. I know for me, getting to know my my, you know, lineage and and you know, those practices has been it's been very cool. Very cool. Oh, that is excellent. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for answering all of my questions. Is there anything else that hasn't come up that you would like to share with people or, you know, some advice or, you know, anything? Is there anything you'd like to add in? No, I mean not not overly. I think we've covered covered a lot, and and I hope that I've made sense during this this little discussion. Um, I know that you know, yeah. Sometimes I might not always you know make sense because I'm only going by my personal experience. But I think just just in general, it's just to be gentle on yourself. Mm. You know, be kind to yourself and be patient, and and you know, make sure that that along your path when you are having some kind of spiritual awakening or emergence that 
you surround yourself with people that that you know want you to succeed you know they they want your wings to grow you know sometimes when we we are around people and you're changing and you're coming more into your own path of heart you know there are always going to be people that want to hold you down you know because of their own fears or whatever's going on for them but i feel mm. like it's really important just to surround yourself with people who want the best for you Mm, find your tribe find your tribe you know people that love you that support you Mm. and you know and always try and just be as gentle as you can with yourself and your own growth thank you so much you speak very well you made perfect sense (laughs) and 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 i'm so very grateful that you were able to share your experience and wisdom with Mm. us thank you so much carmen Oh, you're welcome, Liz. Thank you so much. Lots of love to you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Okay. It's time now for Ask Elizabeth, everyone's favourite segment where you have the opportunity to submit questions and have them answered by spirit. Okay, the first question for today is from Evelyn, who would love some guidance on what path to take because she's at a career and job crossroad in her life so I've pulled three cards today and the first one is adjacent possibilities reversed now before I pulled the cards I was seeing um, some a, a kind of a caring industry come through like an industry where you help people and people and I was seeing aged care so I don't know if aged care is something that you have considered previously or um like a role within that industry but but that is what I was seeing um come up so if we look at the cards reversed adjacent possibilities Um, is warning you to be careful not to miss an unknown opportunity because you're too married to your agenda. It's also asking you to turn inward with a willingness to shake up your old unhealthy patterns and inner habits. The power of your life force moves through your deeply held habits, projecting your energy out into the universe and calling back your results. In this way, your ongoing thoughts and beliefs are really your defining moments. And in every moment, you have another energetic choice. So it's time to decide. Are you going to let worry and self-doubt define you? Or are you going to step into the ever-present adjacent possibility of optimism, trust and self-love? No matter how stuck you feel, you always have options in the thousands of choices you make every day. So to me, this card is saying, um, don't be too, don't be married, too married to your agenda is about possibly the the career path that you see yourself on. So don't be too married to that. Don't think you have to stay in the one lane. If you feel like changing lanes and changing direction, you can. And I think that I keep getting that aged care um, coming up. So it's come up, flicked up again. So if perhaps you've been considering something in that type of, of industry, And if you have, don't close yourself off to all the opportunities um, that may be present around it. So the second card is the third chakra, Archangel Chamuel, and it's also reversed. 
So when this card is reversed, it indicates a low ebb in your energy and possibly a lack of purpose. So you may have been feeling fragmented lately and unable to rein in your scattered focus. And if that's the case, it's time to become more centred and single-minded. You can choose to bring a greater sense of enthusiasm to your everyday life. Call for the assistance of Chamuel to help you harness your power and spin this dynamic centre of life force expression. Gather up and direct your life force energy and bring an attitude of enthusiasm to both your goal and your daily life. So for me, this is saying that currently at the moment, perhaps you're not really having uh, a sense of purpose in the job or the career that you're currently in. Um, and I think, you know, a sense of purpose is is really important. And I feel like if you moved into that, into an in industry where you were helping people, perhaps that's the focus that you are looking for or that's that's missing. So you can choose to bring that greater sense of enthusiasm to your everyday life. So perhaps have a think about what it is that you are enthusiastic about and what is going to give you that sense of purpose and drive. If you haven't worked out what that is and, you know, you're flicking between, you know, you said you're at a crossroads and you don't know what to do, think about which one is going to give you purpose and that's probably why you're feeling fragmented because, you know, you, you you don't actually know which way to go, which makes sense because it's why you've asked the question. So the guides are saying just, just come back to that. Look at what your purpose is and what's going to give you that drive and, and light you up from within. And the third card that I pulled is the broken heart. So the broken heart, let me go have a look at this one. Broken heart is around grief and loss. So it shows a, a heart broken open, revealing darkness, emptiness and a grief-filled tear. The hurt may be from long ago or it may be the pain of a more recent event. Either way, a deep healing is called for now. Vent your feelings and release the person or situation involved. Affirm that you are reclaiming your power and peace of mind. Open your heart to the light of divine love and healing and have compassion for yourself through this difficult process. Make self-care a priority now. As you let go of old experiences, you can open your heart to the true and abiding love that you so rightly deserve. Interesting that that card has come up in the middle of a, you know, when we're talking about careers uh, and which way to go. So it could be that you have had been hurt or had pain from an event relating to your career or that's for, like not forced but helped you to, to decide to go in a certain direction. If that's the case, it, it's time to, to heal that hurt. So make self-care a priority and let go of that. And then, you know, direct that direct that compassion towards yourself and set that old hurt aside when you are making a decision about what direction to go in. So if I, if your purpose has been or, you know, the, the purpose and the what lights you up and and where you're going to really, you know, get your drive for, for an, like a, 
a career, if that has been affected by a, a situation or a, um, a, a person in the past, like a, a loss or something that's caused you grief and pain, release that and allow yourself to consider all the options without that hanging over you. So I hope that makes sense for you, Evelyn. Um, as always, I'm more than happy. I love hearing the feedback. I love hearing back the confirmation from people um, about the responses. So while it might not make perfect perfect sense to, to me or those of us listening, um, it's wonderful when the messages hit home for the person who has all the context and and they, they they know their entire situation. So feel free to to share back. Thank you. Okay, the second question for today uh, is actually not one I had um, thought I was going to answer on here, but I can't get it out of my head, and I just need to follow the energy and, and answer it. So this is a an unexpected question or it's an unexpected question. It's an unexpected answer for Lee. So Lee has asked if there will be any more children in her future. So when um, I think about this question, I, I keep being shown a babe in arms. Um, so I... <laughs> But I think that is about a loss. I think that's a, a child that um, is in the beyond. And in the in the distance are two other children. So there are two other babies. So these are not yet here on earth. Um, but they are sitting there. They are sitting there um, around you. Um, but they're, they're still, they are in the distance. So I feel like they're there if you... Um, want them but I yeah I feel like there has been um, a, a pregnancy loss so to go with that I've pulled some cards now the first card is envy and interestingly that one fell out of the deck on a sideways position which means that I will apply the upright and the um you know, upside down meaning. So the card shows a woman holding a huge pearl in one hand and a platter of coins and pearls in the other. She stands in a silver room looking out at a golden city on the horizon. She has a life of value already, but she ignores that and longs for the shining prosperity she still sees elsewhere. Instead of feeling happy and fulfilled, her desire for more only causes a deep sense of lack and dissatisfaction and that energy shows in her dress. So she's in the card, she's looking really drab. That's what they mean by that. Um, the card upright is telling you to let go of the jealousy and acknowledge the blessings you already have in your life. Now is the time to shift your focus. After all, when you envy others, it only attracts more to them, not you. Notice all that you have and thank the universe for it. If this comes, oh no, that's it's near some other card in the spread, which doesn't count. So now is the time to move from, from a consciousness of lack to one of value. And then with this shift, all things change. So that's the upright. And we'll just quickly talk about the reversed meaning. So when it's reversed, it heralds a great time of joy and appreciation. 
your choice to shift your focus from future longing to present gratitude creates a significant difference in your energy field and moves out in a dramatic and radiant way to attract more to you. You know that you can keep your eye on future goals without losing sight of your present gifts. So continue to release any old feelings of envy or lack whenever those thoughts or emotions come up. You're well on your way to a completely gratifying life and your genuine acknowledgement of the value within and around you will only keep drawing more value to you. So what I get from that is really um, concentrate on the joy that you have with around you at the moment with the children that you have um, and don't focus on what you don't have. So don't focus on the, the lack of having um, a, a baby but really or like that others you might know that might be be having young children, but really um, focus on what you've got and appreciate what you've got. And when you shift that focus, and this may also be a bit of an unconscious thing too, if it's not immediately resonating with you, perhaps sit with this message and just see is, is, that, is that sitting deep within you and you haven't really given it a, um, much conscious attention but let go of that sense of lack. So the second card that came up is the angel of strength and it's reversed. So when it's reversed, it indicates that you are not perceiving the truth of your own power. Perhaps you're even seeing yourself as weak or ineffectual. The situation you find yourself in may seem overwhelming, but you absolutely do have the strength to see it through to a successful outcome. Don't fall into any old patterns of giving your power away. When you let others define you or make decisions on your behalf, you take yourself out of the picture of your own destiny creation. Meditate on the brilliant vibrating light of this angel and recall the eternal power that surges through your life. It's time to take back control. So for, for me with this, it's, it's about recognising that you are the master of your destiny don't let anyone else make those decisions for you. If you want to go ahead with having more children, then you should absolutely do that. If you don't want more children, then make sure you prevent that. That is that is your power to make that decision. So don't do what you may have done in the past, which is perhaps leave it to someone else to make that decision for you. So I think they're if you want them, I see those two two children. So they're you know they're there if you decide that you want to you know bring them forth. So the affirmation, I'm going to give you an affirmation to go with that, and that is deep within me is an abiding strength that knows no bounds. I have all the power I need to achieve all that I want. Now, the third card here is community reversed. So this card reversed indicates feelings of isolation and perhaps loneliness. There may have been a recent disconnect with old associations or even a dissolution of some wider partnership and that may result in feelings of loss and grief but take heart. It's often the case that as you shift your energy into a higher vibration, you may find that you no longer resonate with old acquaintances the way you used to. 
If that is the case, it may be time to move on to more resonant associations. Let yourself network in ways that reflect your higher intentions. Meditation groups, classes, book clubs and the like are all places you may meet new acquaintances that are in closer harmony to you. You didn't allow your isolation to continue. It may take some conscious effort on your part, but now is the time to reconnect, network and gain the sense of support that you are looking for. And, and I also, I wonder, when I started reading this meaning, um, I, I wonder if there is that sense of loss of, of community with not having younger children around at the moment because I think there is a bit of a club around that when you've got young children um, and that that perhaps could cause a feeling of, of disconnect or loneliness. Anyway, I hope that helps, Lee. Um, let me, well, feel free to, you know, shoot me a message if you have any questions around it. Um, you can just direct message me. And um, I hope that helped. Thank you. Thank you for submitting your question. The third question today is from Julie, who asks, why do I keep waking up at around 11.30pm no matter what time I go to bed and feel like I'm meant to know something or missing something or do I just need to stop drinking tea after 7pm? <laughs> um, maybe, look, if, you, if you're waking up every time um, with a full bladder, but perhaps try not drinking after seven and see if that makes a difference. It could be playing into it. Um, but the answer I got uh, before I did the cards for you is, is a message to sit and, and ask the question and meditate on that for yourself. Ask your guides, what do I need to know? Please tell me what I need to know. Why am I waking up at 11.30? What, are you, what message are you trying to give me? Please give it to me in a way that I can understand. Because it, that's the thing, right? So often our guides are communicating with us and it's a question of learning how to speak the language because they're trying to get messages to us in a way that we understand and sometimes we just don't get it. So feel free to ask them, please give it to me in a way that I can understand. And personally, I always throw in there and, and in a way that's not going to frighten me but because I used to get scary things happen all the time. So I used to add that in. Um, so, so do that and, and actually sit with that. Um, you can ask for them to give you the answer in a dream. So uh, just ask for it in a way that you'll understand. So do that, but I've also done the cards for you. So uh, this will work, I think, together with you asking your guides for the, for the answers or to show you the answers. So the first card that came up is the Healer of the Ages, which is around health and vitality. Now, I love this card. It's a beautiful card. So it's come up with for you reversed. So when it's reversed, the healer of the ages indicates that you've been feeling extremely out of sorts or even upside down in your own life. You may be in the midst of some physical problem or just feeling as though you're losing energy. But this card is telling you that there are deeper levels of healing that need to be addressed. 
Take some time to regroup and put your own healing first. Whether you're facing mental, emotional, physical or even addictive patterns, call upon the healer of the ages to bring his energy to the issues you're working on. Quiet your mind and feel his vibration bringing you warmth and healing light, clearing away any dark or hurting space. Repeat this meditation and be patient, yet also know that divine love can heal you in the blink of a belief. So the affirmation for you today is the powerful healing of eternal love is with me now and always. Divine consciousness fuels every cell. I am whole, healthy, vital and at peace. The other card that pulled, and I did two for this one, is Cornucopia, which is around wishes fulfilled. Now, interesting, this, this card um, also came out sideways. I had one in the last um, card pull come out sideways. So when that happens, it means we apply the upright and the reverse position. So upright, an abundant harvest and great blessings are waiting for you, and you may even find all of your wishes fulfilled. This cornucopia of gifts from the universe can come in the form of financial riches, job fulfillment, romantic love, or all of the above. When you re receive the cornucopia upright, you know that you've done important work and it's about to pay off. The seeds you've planted in your energy and in your life are ready to be harvested in some significant ways. Get ready for a feast of abundant value is being prepared for you now and spirit is applauding all of your effort. Now when it's reversed, it's often a card of personal frustration. You may find yourself feeling discouraged by having your wishes denied or perhaps you've, you're just disappointed with the delays involved. Don't be surprised or too disheartened if, obst disheartened if obstacles seem to block your way. It may simply take some patience and persistent action or it may require a radical shift in how you're approaching your goals. This card reversed may indicate a cycle of restriction or a period of lack or loss. Don't let this deter you. Use this time to go deeper. There may be a lesson to learn or an entirely new direction to take. Be open, flexible and aware Remember, there are many roads to happiness. So to me, to sum that up, this card is about needing to heal. So and I think when you do heal, you will find that all of your wishes are fulfilled. There will be lots of abundance. But at the moment, you're feeling some personal frustration or feeling discouraged by not having the things come to fruition that you've been working on and it might seem that there's always things blocking your way um, and, you know, you, you're just not getting there. So there could be a lesson to take, you know, a new direction. And so be open and flexible in that and don't, I guess, don't put all your eggs in that one basket because it's not just that one particular thing that can make you happy. There are lots of different things that can make you happy, but you need to do the healing. So definitely take some time. And and I think it, the, the more context is going to come when you sit down and you ask your guides for the information that you need to know. So what is it that keeps waking you up around 1130 
Why are you waking up? What do they want you to know? Once you've worked that out, then I think that's going to lead you towards where it is that you need to heal. And then once you've done that healing, that is, it will allow great abundance and your wishes to be fulfilled. Thank you for your question. So, well, that's it for today's episode of Ask Elizabeth. Remember to submit your questions to elizabeth at earthsparkles.com or via DM for a chance to be featured on the next episode. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. Please remember to subscribe and share with your friends if you like it. You get even more points if you leave a review. I would love to get the word out as far and wide as possible. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll talk to you in a couple more weeks. Bye.